You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Welcome on in, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful Friday morning thus far. We've got a fun weekend ahead, or at least at least I do. Hopefully you do, too. Um, it is officially Friday, the day that Jen Shaw has to report to prison. Jen Shaw, locked up. They won't let her out. Locked up. They won't let her out. Well, Jen Shaw is officially speaking out right before having to turn herself into prison at, uh, at the Bryan, Texas facility, which is also the facility Elizabeth Holmes is also set to be turning herself in as well. Hello, guys. What Mardi Gras on its way. It's a fab Friday. Yes. Hi, Brian. Hi, Janice. Hi, Dominique. Hi, Kim Zach. You're already in the YouTube video. Am I? All right, let's get it, guys. Let's get it, get it, get it, okay? Um, yes, I am wearing glasses. One, because I wanted to look fab for Jen Shaw getting locked up. And two, um, because as you know, I have a Heather Gay eye situation happening. And um, it's not pleasing to look at at the moment. So it is swollen and I'm not not living life. But I didn't run into any cabinets and Jen Shaw did not punch me in the face. Well, at least that I remember. Um, Okay, so Jen Shaw, first interview since her sentencing. Remember, she turned down the offer to sit down with Andy Cohen and and, uh, do the reunion and do the one-on-one that would have aired at the reunion. It would have been part three of the Salt Lake City reunion. She is now saying that she plans to help people in prison, and she is laying out a whole plan for what she wants to do. Okay, So Jen Shaw sat down with Justin Paperni on his YouTube channel, White Collar Advice, for an exclusive tell-all interview that aired this morning. Okay? You guys know Justin Paperni. He was on my show, and he I've had him on my show twice now, one after she originally pled guilty, and then a second one just ahead of her sentencing to discuss all of her crazy antics and her behavior. I guess at some point after he did my show, Jen and her team reached out to Justin Paperni at White Collar Advice and hired him as their prison consultant, okay? So Jen Shaw is now a client of Justin's, and today they released an interview right before she's set to turn herself in. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts about it, about this interview. And I I love and adore Justin, okay? I really do love and adore Justin, but this interview was not giving for me, okay? So she not only has given an exclusive with Justin where she reveals, you know, that the real reason... So she gets into a lot. She talks about why it took her so long to plead guilty. And she talks about the second half of the interview is mostly about like what her plans are moving forward. So in the interview with Justin, she reveals that the reason it took her so long to plead guilty is because she didn't know that she had actual victims. She said that she didn't know until the government actually provided a list of names that she wasn't aware that there were people that were being victimized by her behavior or by her companies or by this scheme that she was 
as the government has listed the ringleader of, okay? She said it wasn't until she saw all of the names of the victims that the government provided that she realized how much she had hurt people and she realized how badly she had affected people's lives. Right out the gate, lie. A straight-out lie from the beginning, Justin, gives her an opportunity to actually explain to us, okay, why did it take you so long to to realize you weren't innocent? And she said that, and I guess this is part of what we saw filmed for Salt Lake City, was that Real Houses of Salt Lake City, was that the night before she she met with her attorneys, right before she was supposed to set to, to go to trial, after she maintained her innocence, and something happened. She saw something when she was meeting with her attorneys. She's now claiming that what she saw was the list of victim names. Again, flat out loud, because not only did the Hulu documentary expose this, but the government's own evidence revealed that she knew that they were literally running elderly people dry, milking them for everything that they had. So this is why, like, right out the gate, I'm like, I wanted to have so much faith in this interview. Again, I adore Justin Paperni, and I think White Collar Advice does give really good, um, you know, they help rehab their their clients' images. I don't think this was the best thing for Jen Shaw. I really don't. From Okay, so for example, the text messages. Remember I released all the text messages that were part of the government's packet of evidence against her, a 300-page packet of evidence, okay? So text messages from 2017 to her team members, she says, do, do we need to refund this blank lady or is she done crying and ready to move forward? And then separately, she says, Reyes, are you losing your touch with the ladies? Because she would have Reyes, apparently, according to these text messages, she would have Reyes go and call these elderly lady. And my impression is she would have him flirt or he would flirt with them, with these elderly ladies and kind of make them feel special in order to get them to keep giving them their credit card and to keep charging for additional business services. These business opportunities that were a scheme, they were fake business opportunities. Okay, so Reyes was literally flirting with these these women and she's telling Reyes, have you lost touch with with the ladies? And Reyes replied, no, he didn't lose touch with the ladies. And he got this woman that Jen Shaw was saying, is she done crying and ready to move forward? Okay, so Jen's acknowledging that this woman is crying because she wanted a refund because she believed that this was a scheme. This is just one of the text messages, right? This is probably, you know, one of the the nastier text messages that's out there. All this information is available to the public. I'm not the only one that can access these text messages. I posted them online, yes. But, I mean, do we need to refund this lady? Yes, you need to refund this lady because she's claiming that you guys are scamming her and she wants her money back. Okay, those are just the text messages regarding this one woman. More evidence showed that Jen was instructing her team to fight credit card chargebacks. One of the strategies that they would use was to charge multiple different credit cards for the same client. That way, it would be harder for them to fight the different charges, right? Because if they have an Amex and they have a MasterCard and they have a, you know, a Visa, then it's going to be hard for them. Then they would have to call up all three companies. And by the time they realized all three of their credit cards had been charged, it was a whole scheme. They had a whole system down. And in those text messages, she's acknowledging like, okay, these are the things to do. Charge this amount on this card, charge that amount on that card. That way we can fight the chargebacks. There are multiple text messages where she addresses the chargebacks because people were trying to uh, report them to their credit card companies for fraud and they were trying to avoid that. 
Happy Friday, beautiful people. Hit the like button for Zach. Yes, keep in mind. Thank you on Insta- on YouTube. Yes, uh, sounds like Jen Shaw got control of the interview. Strong reason she did not want to do the sit down with Andy. See, that's the part that really is so disheartening for me because, again, I love Justin Paperni, but I'm disappointed. Immediately, she's caught line, which right away makes me super hypercritical and super skeptical, or not critical, but skeptical and then critical of anything else that comes out of her mouth at this point. She lied right at the gate. She had an opportunity to really talk about this, and she didn't address it in a way that I thought was sufficient for people. I mean, not just me, but for the victims that are out there. She doesn't say sorry to them ever. She she keeps saying, I saw their names. I feel so bad. Say sorry to them. Say to all the people that I've hurt and victimized, I am sorry. I got caught up in a scheme, and it breaks my heart. That would have been a great statement from her to say. Never was that addressed. So next she reveals that she's only taking two things with her to prison. She's taking her Quran and she's taking her release plan, which she worked on with White Collar Advice to create, which includes her plans to exercise, her plans to read books. She already has 12 books that she plans to read. Um, and she plans to do some journaling and book reports. And her journaling will be shared on DearJenShaw.com so that way people can stay up to date with what's going on with her. Listen, I don't care. I'm sorry. I don't give a shit. She's shown no remorse. Why do I care about her retribution story? Even the words out of her mouth today, just they felt very rehearsed. Um, It's like, how do you expect me to believe you feel sorry when you were just on Instagram less than 48 hours ago posting about your new tattoos? Listen, and there's nothing wrong with getting a meaningful tattoo before going into prison. She got her son's name tattooed on her arm. There's nothing wrong with that. However, why are you posting about it on Instagram? It's tone deaf. It's tactless. Like, there's there's nothing about her behavior that has shown any sort of remorse. Any remorse. Don't sit there and tell me about what you plan to do. We've heard you say so many things to us over the last two years, and rarely have they ever turned out to be factual. I don't have any interest in reading her journals. I don't care about her book reports. All of that feels self-serving. Maybe she needs to journal to like process her emotions. Cool, that's fine. We don't need to read it. I don't want to sign up for Dear Jen Shaw to read your journals. I don't think anybody at this point wants to know what your prison experience is like. Teresa Judice didn't even do all of this. She didn't even do all of these things. And Teresa was didn't even really commit the crimes her husband did so Teresa did her tell-all with Andy Andy grilled her she took the grilling her and Joe then they went quietly she went to prison she did her yoga she journaled and then she came out a new woman even though she was being dragged down by her husband she put her head down she served her time and she made things right and then told us her story in prison afterwards okay She also says, Jen says that she plans to teach other women how to write a release plan in prison. And I'm just like, really? You really think the other women that are already locked up want to listen to you? You really think they're going to take you seriously? You've been made a joke of at this point. Nobody takes Jen Shaw seriously. This is what's so disheartening to me. All of the, all Jen Shaw does is talk, is she victimizes herself. She does a lot of virtue signaling. She does a lot of woe is me. She's really good at at saying, uh, telling people what they want to here to avoid having to take any real accountability. Here's what I would have liked from the interview, okay? I love and adore Justin, um, but I think, you know, he does great work with white collar advice. However, being that this is his client, I don't think that he was the best person to conduct this interview 
because he wasn't able to ask her the hard-hitting questions. And listen, reality is he's being paid by her, and this is his client. Of course he's not going to want to ask the hard-hitting questions because he wants to show her in a positive light. You know, it's as if her publicist, if she had a publicist that interviewed her, it would be the exact same thing. The publicist's job is to rehab her image, right? It's to make sure she gets her message across in a positive light. So I don't think that he was the best person to interview her. I mean, listen, I don't want to deter you guys from watching the interview. Support Justin. He's been on my podcast. I'm a big fan of his. This wasn't my favorite interview with him, though. Um, It looks like she's um, reporting to prison soon. But anyway, in order for the interview to be effective, it needed to be someone that could have really held her to the fire a bit, right? She should have taken a one-on-one sit down with Andy. I thought that would have been great. Like, it couldn't be another... I feel like all the interviews that she's done about this... Well, she's only done one other interview, and that came out, what, last August? Um, Or, no, I think earlier, than like June or July. It was last summer when she did her last YouTube interview. But, like, she's picking hosts that she knows are going to go easy on her for a low-ball interview. She knows that she's not going to be grilled, and that's why she's agreeing to these interviews rather than doing the one-on-one sit-down with Andy Cohen because Andy would have asked the questions that we all really want to know, you know? I think it needed to be somebody that was willing to poke a bit, not in a mean way, but in a way that holds her accountable and actually makes her speak for her actions. And listen, maybe she doesn't doesn't even realize the severity of her actions or how tone deaf they are, but like then actually present them in front of her. Then maybe we'd be interested in listening to her plan. As a, but also, I don't think people even care about her plan moving forward. Like we've bought into so many of her stories so many times at this point that it's like they're all just words. They're words that don't really mean anything. Listen, I check out the interview. Make your own judgment. This is just my opinion based off of the interview. It's about 30 minutes, a little over 30 minutes. Um, Maybe you'll find something redeemable. Maybe it's a step in the right direction. For me, it's sadly not what I was hoping for from her first tell-all interview. I don't think she really gave us anything other than forgive me. And there's no real reason for us to forgive her. I don't think she gave us a legitimate enough reason to forgive her. She hasn't acknowledged the victims. I wanted to see her say something, have a message directly, not to her fans, not to um, the people, the skeptics or the haters, to her victims. Everyone wants Erica Jane to do, um, everyone wants Erica Jane to acknowledge her victims. Jen Shaw has not acknowledged her victims. And a lot of the, the coverage that she's been getting in the press lately, I'm surprised they're not holding her to a higher standard. Listen, these are the questions that I would have asked Jen Um Had I been given the opportunity, I wrote them out. Um, And this is what I would have loved to have known. Um, Okay. These are the questions that I wrote out that I would have loved to have asked Jen. Um, You maintained your innocence for so long, yet the evidence against you was overwhelming. The government provided emails and text messages to and from your co-defendants. You coached them on how to deceive the FTC, Stuart Smith in particular, You moved your operations over to Kosovo. You opened shell companies in Wyoming. You instructed your team to move your correspondence over from text message to the encrypted app Telegram. You instructed them to remove evidence from your office. Do you really believe that? Did you really believe that you were innocent? And what ultimately made you change your plea? So I feel like we kind of got that. She said that what made her change her plea was seeing the victims' names. I would have pushed back on that a little bit. I would have been like, but then can you acknowledge them now? 
Next question. After pleading guilty and wrapping production for Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, we saw you living it up at the BravoCon after party after being disinvited by Bravo. We saw you caught in a screaming match on TMZ. You posted threatening tweets towards your fellow cast members. You did a YouTube live stream disparaging your cast members. After your sentencing, it was reported that you hosted a 20-person dinner at the Lavish Valbella Italian restaurant in New York City. None of this behavior exhibits someone that genuinely shows remorse for the conspiracy to commit wire fraud crime that you've admitted to committing why should we believe you now what has changed i would have loved to have heard her tell us why we should believe her now in comparison to all the lies that she's told us before most fans would assume this is an act of image rehab the interview most fans would have assumed this was an act of image rehab rather than true accountability many fans believed you even purchasing your free jen shaw merch that you sold them what would you like to say to your fans now I would love to hear how she would address fans of the Bravo fandom. I think doing an interview with Andy Cohen probably would have been better because that's where all the Bravo fans would have tuned in to watch. We would have called bullshit, but we would have at least still tuned in to actually watch and and have some sort of interest in this. Um, I would have asked her, you said at your sentencing that you would that you would say the names of your victims, but privacy laws prevented you. Do you really know the names of your victims and what message would you like to say to them now? I would have given her a perfect opportunity right here to actually address her victims and give a statement to them and actually say, I'm sorry, I hurt you. I got lost. I got greedy. Even if she said that, tell us you got greedy. Tell us you got lost in, you know, the ambition. Tell us that you, you know, got caught up in the excitement of bringing in the money and running this business and you didn't want to stop and you're human and you're flawed and you fucked up. Tell us that. Tell us that you were wrong. Give us their initials at the least. No, we don't need their initials. I don't need to know. Like, well, let's protect their their identities. But like, I don't believe that she actually knows the names of her victims is the point that I'm trying to make. I don't believe that it's real. I don't believe that it's genuine. I think she's using the victims as a crutch to position her as a victim that wants to do better herself. But here's the thing. You can't use the victims as a crutch to rehab your image without addressing the victims and saying that you're fucking sorry to them. You ruined their lives. You maxed out their credit cards. The government named you as number one in tier A of all four tiers of all the co-defendants that they had. The government didn't just choose you. Don't make it seem like she made it seem like she was part of this whole scheme and all these other people were running it and she just had a small part in it and she didn't really know what was going on and she didn't talk to the victims directly. Yeah, because there was a strategy in place. Of course, you didn't speak to the victims directly because that was part of your strategy. Here's your opportunity. Don't talk to me. Don't just talk to your fans. Talk to the victims that you turned their lives upside down. Talk to them. What do you have to say to them? Because at this point, they've also done interview. They've been doing interviews. They've been sharing their story. Again, this was documented in the Hulu documentary. And then the last question that I had, I only wrote out five questions for her. But the last one I would have had was more recently after declining Bravo's offer to do a one-on-one sit down, you launched the website Dear Jen Shaw. Many people immediately felt like this was another lead generation opportunity. Is it? And what can people expect from the site? What can we expect from you moving forward? So here's where I would have given her an opportunity to actually talk about what we can expect from her moving forward. But we needed to get through all the heavy pieces first. We needed to address her bad behavior. We needed to outline her bad behavior so that she could actually realize, oh, shit, yeah, I was doing some really shitty things. That needed to be outlined for her. 
to actually see it and put the picture together. And maybe then she would have had some sort of realization. I just don't think I was really disappointed in this interview. Love this. I was born and raised one trillion Mormon sales cults, America's richest religion, just like Jen Shaw. Con Jen Shaw fits right in. Utah is the capital of fraud for decades now. Yikes. I'm so proud of Jen for holding herself accountable. What did she do to hold herself accountable? Please tell me what you're so proud of that she held herself accountable. What has she done to hold herself accountable? She says she's going to hold herself accountable. And she said in the interview with Justin Paperni that she wants us to hold her accountable. This is it, baby. I'm holding you accountable right now for all of the things that you have not taken accountability for. Here it is. You want accountability? I'm going to give it to you, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to make it pretty and I'm not going to make it nice. Oh, just been reported. Jen Shaw is safely in custody. Jen Shaw has, is officially, uh, she's safe, safely in custody. I'm glad she's safely in custody. Um, she just reported breaking news. She is now at the Bryan, Texas facility. So she, Jen Shaw is there. I mean, this is just wild. I'm curious um, what you guys think, how you guys are feeling about all of this. It's pretty wild to me. Pretty, pretty wild. I figured she was going to run. No, I don't think she was going to run. I mean, listen, she got her tattoo and she ready. She is ready. Oh, here we go. Jen Shaw starts her six-year prison sentence for elderly uh, for defrauding elderly people in her telemarketing scheme. Ooh, excuse me. So, there you go, guys. It is what it is. Um, yeah, it looks like she's there now. So, yeah, that's all I got for you. Okay. I feel like the time doesn't serve the crime. I mean, again, I've explained that the reason she got less time or a reduced time is because she's agreed to pay more restitution. We'll see if she actually pays that restitution. Sickening to think that her attorney and football coach husband faced no consequences, none. He lived off millions of dollars that she brought in. Yeah. She only felt guilty when she couldn't deny the evidence that she could have gotten more years. That's the truth of it. That's the truth of the matter. It's nice to hear her saying something nice, you know, to hear her saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to journal and I'm going to exercise and I'm going to help the women in prison. That's nice. But like, what does that actually mean? And how does that actually help your victims? It, it shows that you're trying to be better, cute, cool. But like that doesn't really do anything for us, nor does it really do anything for your victims. It just it, it rehabs your image, you know. Off topic, I would like to see your hair in the natural color. Well, then go look up some old photos. Thank you, Zach. Agree with the questions you wanted to ask her. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. All right, guys, that's what I got for you. So let me know what your thoughts are. Um, feel free to DM me. Leave a comment below. If you're watching this on YouTube, smash the like button. Hit the subscribe button. I'll continue to update you guys on all the latest reality TV tea, especially these scandals, these legal scandals. I love it. I love reading all the legal documents. I love getting into it. Also, um, Queen of the Con, I just saw this morning as well. Queen of the Con, the podcast, is coming back for a fourth season, and I believe Jen Shaw is going to be the subject of the fourth season, and Emily D. Baker is also going to have some sort of participation in the fourth season of Queen of the Con. So 
definitely check that out. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, uh, please leave me a five-star review because I would love that and I would appreciate that. And I love you and I appreciate you. And yeah, let me know that you're enjoying the content. Sending you so much L-O-V-E. Love, love, love. I'm talking about love. And if you are in Los Angeles next Friday, I'm going to be joining. Um, I'm going to be attending the Women of the Heart event. Leanne Rimes is going to be there. She's going to be doing a Q&A at the event. So I'm hoping to maybe get a little tea at a Leanne Rimes. We shall see. Um, maybe I'll try to like snag an interview with her at the event while, while I'm there. Maybe a little quick podcast interview. I'm like, hey, Leanne, do you want to chat with me for like five minutes? Hopefully by then my eye is no longer swollen. But I love you guys. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and I or weekend. And I will talk to you again on Monday. Ciao for now. Oh, yes, but the event is next Friday at the London in West Hollywood, Friday, February 24th at 6 p.m., Women of the Heart. I'll post on my Instagram stories. That way you guys can have a link to buy tickets if you want to join if you're in L.A. The London Hotel, West Hollywood, February 24th, next Friday, 6 p.m., Leanne Rhymes. I'm going to be there. I hope to see you guys there, too. All right, guys. Ciao for now. Bye.